Ladies and gentlemen, if you like the Smug Film Podcast, do yourself a favor and head over to patreon.com slash smugfilm, where we've got a bunch of great rewards if you donate to the show. For just $1 a month, you'll get a bonus mini episode of the show every Monday in your inbox, as well as access to all past mini episodes. These episodes will never be available on iTunes or smugfilm.com or anywhere else. The only way to hear them is by donating $1 a month through patreon.com slash smugfilm. For $5 a month, you'll get the bonus episodes, plus we'll do a 30-second plug of whatever you want on one episode a month. Whether you want us to plug your website, your movie, your small business, your Twitter handle, whatever it is, we'll plug it. For $10 a month, you get the bonus episodes, plus we'll do a 30-second plug of whatever you want on every single episode of the show. That's four episodes a month. It's an incredible deal. So once again, that URL is patreon.com slash smugfilm. Head on over there today, and we look forward to your kind donation. And now, on to the show. Welcome to the Smug Film Podcast. I'm your host, Cody Clark. With me today is Jenna Ipcar. Yo. And our special guest, comedian... Mr. Anthony Kapfer. Hello. Hello, Anthony. Welcome back. Thank you for having me. We watched uh, Gumby with Anthony last time. Yeah. And now we are continuing our uh, thing. We started off with Gordy. We went Gordy. We went Gumby. Now we did Gooby. Gooby. And uh, I have something to say. (laughs) Gooby makes Gordy look like Gumby. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Wow. Gooby, Gooby's real bad. Gooby makes Gumby look like Citizen Kane. Go- <laughs> Gooby makes mo- most things in life look like either Gumby or Citizen Kane. Yeah. We all hated Gooby, yes? Yeah, I, I wanted to like Gooby. I kind of thought it was going to be good at the start. I feel like the first act of Gooby ain't that bad. As far I, as things that exist, it's not terrible. But then once Gooby really does show up, it kind of gets really, really bad. I felt like the first act was pretty boring. It was just set up. Oh, I was riveted. No, it was too much setup. Yeah, it was it's like, like 15 minutes. It. I we actually get it. You don't want to move. 15 <laughs> right. minutes. That's a standard first act. But Nothing it felt like it. a half hour. Yeah. <laughs> I enjoyed it. <laughs> Nothing I, happened in the first act. I, I thought that was fine. I enjoyed it thoroughly. That first act was good. I like that it was a. It's basically about like a schizophrenic little kid. Yeah, he's. I, I like Gooby that is aspect. a paranoid schizophrenic. Yeah, and this is an undiagnosed, like unmedicated yeah. paranoid schizophrenic child. Yeah, essentially. No, the doctor said he has hallucinations and an overactive imagination. Yeah, that's that's Wait, a there was witting a part- combo. He went to the doctor at one point. His mother says, "Remember what the doctor said." He says, "Yeah, he said I had hallucinations and an overactive imagination," oh. which is like that's the combo from hell. I didn't even remember. That's that not part. good. This kid in Gooby is Gooby essentially is Donnie Darko, but for children. Mm, yeah, mm-hmm. that's my theory. Canadian children. Yep. Canadian <laughs> child Donnie Darko. I knew it was a Canadian movie when they were in the supermarket and they had the Captain Crunch box. In French? And it was in French. <laughs> that was the best thing I got from yeah. that whole movie. I have a note that says right here, <laughs> Captain Crunch in French, best yeah. thing. Yeah, that was my favorite part. Yeah. There was a lot of cereal product placement in the film. Yes, there was. And there was also a lot of uh, chocolate marshmallow cookies. Yeah. There was more chocolate marshmallow cookies in this movie than in any other movie combined. Yeah, maybe even more <laughs> than Gooby. It was like it was like the director like bought like a surplus of yeah. them for like his family years ago, and everyone was like, you know, we're not really into these. And he's like, what? You don't like these? These are great. And he had to get rid of like the boxes and like fucking pallets of like chocolate marshmallow cookies yeah. that he bought, and yeah. he, he funneled it all into this movie. He was like, all right, we'll just put them in like every shot. We'll put, put them in yeah. every scene. He's it's making main... a sandwich. Put them in there. Yeah, the the cookies are the main character. You see the Basically. cookies more than Gooby. I, w- I would argue that, yes. Yeah. Yeah. They should have called it Cookies. The movie? Yeah. <laughs> cookies. Yeah. Cookies, the movie. I think there is a movie called... No, there's a movie called Cooties that came out with Elijah Wood a couple years ago. No movie called Cookies, I don't think. Hmm. There's uh, Cookies Fortune. That's a movie. Yeah, no Cookies. Cookies, was, the movie. You should make Cookies the movie. I'm thinking about it. Just a little animated Cookies? Yeah. Cookies the movie. <laughs> Finally, a movie f- about cookies. Yeah, for people who love cookies. Yeah. I'd see it. I would see it, too. 
I like that it was 35 millimeter. That's fun. It, it was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> you can't tell. I tell. I could tell. That was unnecessary. I could tell it was 35 millimeter. I, I watched it on YouTube and the sound was terrible and I couldn't tell if it yeah. was YouTube or the movie. See, I watched it on DVD, so I saw it in full. Is the sound terrible on DVD? No, it sounds fine. Okay. It sounds great. Yeah, the, the sound on YouTube is all fucked up. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Um, But yeah, it's 35 millimeter. I get excited whenever I see a 35 millimeter film these days, you know, because it's so fucking rare. Yeah. So I, I enjoyed that aspect, at least. Well, this came out, what, 2009 or something, right? Yeah. It's weird, though. It seems like a movie that came out in 1995. <laughs> oh, definitely. <laughs> yes. Definitely. And from production values to uh, message to yeah. just general vibe. Produced, written, and directed by Wilson Coney Bear is the mm. name of this man. Who uh, you you were telling me earlier, Jenna, before we started recording, and he, he did, like, uh, what was that show? Kratz Creatures or something. Kratz he, he did, Creatures. like, an episode. It was if, like that, if anyone remember, that's some 90s shit. Yeah, that is very 90s. Kratz Creatures. I gotta look I that up on that. YouTube. Mm -hmm. I they have were vague like, rem uh, memories of Kratz Creatures. Yeah, it was like the sort of, I, I want to say 15 minute long thing where it was like, you know how they had all those science programs on TV where yeah. they, it was like one guy telling you about science. This yeah, was that like, was like Saturday at like 1 p.m. Exactly. Yeah. And this was just Krat telling you about creatures. <laughs> All right, crap. crap. So we should we should explain the plot is basically. Yeah, yeah. So you got this schizophrenic child, yeah, who believes in these like kind of scary looking uh, monsters. Like you yeah, see two headed the, aliens. You right? see one of the two headed aliens Hoonies. early on. Hoonies. Hoonies. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. It's it's a strange little made see up a, name. A toonie on TV at one point. A hoonie. A toonie as well. A toonie. The duck. <laughs> what toonie? The money. The Canadian money? Yeah, there's the ducks on the money. And then on the TV, you see there's a, the, the babysitter's watching doc, ah. doc, like documentary or something, nature documentary. Oh, um, yeah, yeah. Okay, I remember It's a five-second thing. <laughs> yeah, so there's these weird creatures. You see, like, you see, I guess you see one hoony uh, at the start. And it's, like, it's genuinely, like, unnerving looking. It's, like, strange. It's really creepy. It's, it, there's just... It's I was hoping dark. the movie was gonna like stay like that. I was hoping that it was gonna be like Gooby and him versus like the Hoonies. But yeah. basically it's just Gooby is this like uh teddy bear life size character, kinda like how like Tigger I mean not Tigger, uh Hobbs kinda is small, but then he can be big or whatever. But in this like take on that whole thing, like everybody can see Gooby. Yeah. So he has to constantly hide Gooby from people. I think it was too much. Too much of the hiding. Yeah. Well, that's the problem that they ran into is like, if it's an imaginary friend, suddenly 80% of like just hiding the thing is gets to be cut from the movie. And that means you get to focus on an actual story. Yeah. But if it, if everyone can see it, suddenly the whole movie becomes about hiding Gooby and yeah. then you never get any actual story. And that was the problem with this. Yeah. That was, that was the main problem with it. Yeah. Every goddamn scene was like, oh. Gooby's going to be seen. Oh, we got to hide Gooby. Gooby's making noise upstairs. Uh, oh, Gooby's, oh, boy. Gooby's farting and, and fucking... <laughs> wafting it Wafting over. it into my nose. <laughs> but he liked that. That was actually the fun part. Yeah, that was... He was a, laughing. The fun part was him sitting around with Gooby and Gooby farting and... And, and burping, yeah. Wafting it. And eating the cookies. Yeah. And then eating hot dogs. This is a... Uh, and yeah, and he did something weird with the hot dog. Like, he bit off, like, part of it and then threw it at the kid. Yeah. And, and they threw... He covered the kid in hot dogs, which was very... Uh, were those hot dogs? I thought they were cookies. Disturbing. No. They were cookies first, and then he went to hot dogs. Oh, yeah. He was like, hey, watch this. And then he eats it, and then he, like, throws it first at First of him. all, they had just, like, a fucking barrel of, like, hot dogs in the fridge or something. Like, they had, like, a container <laughs> full of, like, hot dogs, and he just poured them all over the kid. I assume yeah. they were, like, biscotti, but they... they no, hot dogs sounds like it would make sense. Big old hot dogs <laughs> thrown on a child. For no reason. For it's no the reason. only time the kid is happy. It yeah. is. <laughs> Just being covered in hot dogs, which tells you a lot about the subtext of, yeah. this, of this film. Which also, meanwhile, his parents, you know, despite, despite the fact that they have this undiagnosed, sort of diagnosed child that has major like OCD and hallucination issues, every time this kid opens his mouth, they roll their eyes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This, these parents hate their child. They're they just treat sick this of his kid shit. like hell. Yeah. You know, usually in like these kind of family films, you know, maybe one of the parents is cool or something. Right. Both of these parents are fucking like dicks towards this kid. They're always yeah. on the phone. They're always saying yes and no. Yeah. I was I was starting to think that the, the mom was a stepmom. 
Yeah, she has that kind of like stepmom look. She was very detached from She from she him. uh I was focusing a lot on the parents cuz this movie was so boring. She <laughs> he kind of has like a softcore mom. She he has like the it, it's like the actress that did softcore but now she's too old to do softcore <laughs> so now she's like the mom in like low budget kids films. You, do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I, 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 I have like that. a really good like softcore dar for like this <laughs> type of thing. Like I can pick them out. Like I know I was like, I know she's been nude on like Cinemax or like HBO or like Red <laughs> Shoe Diaries or something like that. And I looked it up. She was on like the fucking Outer Limits reboot. So I'm sure she showed her tits in that. Wow. So there you go. I got Maybe great, Gooby saw her tits. Yeah, I got great softcore dar. I thought she kind of looked like a Fox News correspondent, but like yeah, that did. could also be That's a very softcore. thin line, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Too old for softcore and, and Fox News correspondent kind of, you know, that that's a thin line. Um, but I thought it was, it was way better than I thought it was going to be, even though it was terrible, because I really thought it was going to be like one of the fucking Netflix one-star mm. uh, cheaply made movies. It's not cheaply made. They put a lot of money in this goddamn oh, movie, yeah. right? Too much money. What was the budget on this thing, Jenna? Six point five million dollars. Yeah, of, it, of probably uh, you know people funded Canadian money. Yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> and it went straight to DVD, right? Yeah, and it did like no business whatsoever. It, it said on it said that it was three thousand dollars. Three thousand dollars. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Six wow. million to three thousand, and they wow. have uh, Eugene Levy's in it. Yeah, yeah Eugene Levy that was the, the worst whole performance of his life. <laughs> Just a shit character too. He, Just, I think he did well with how badly that character was written. I agree. Agreed. I, yeah, there was no substance to that character. It's a horrible character. I he, need my picture. Yeah, Eugene Levy <laughs> plays this uh, the kid's teacher. Basically, he's like this narcissistic uh, ex children's book author that nobody recognizes yeah and he's all pissed off that the kids haven't read his books yeah and he like glimpses gooby and then he's trying to get a picture of gooby for like the entire film so he could be famous yes because he goes not everyone could be famous yeah, yeah. He, he's real <laughs> bitter about fame and he he, he wants to, the fame that he he feels he deserved and didn't get and so he's got to get that picture of gooby and when they show him, there's like a good five minute sequence of him like straightening a sandwich, which yeah. never comes up again. Oh, yeah. Never at any point is he like OCD about something. That's true. They never go back. To Nobody that. ever fucks with this sandwich. He's there's just nothing. yeah. No, he's locks it. In there. It's like <laughs> no one ever brings it up it's again. Chekhov's sandwich at that point. Like <laughs> so they weird. they spend a lot of time establishing like <laughs> they did. They got a close up and yeah, everything. Sandwich folded nicely. Yeah, put he's into rude a, to somebody else even so he can drawer. put that sandwich in there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then never, never comes again. up again. When we never first again. see him, I thought he was actually going to be a cool character that was super weird, and uh, they just never really developed. No, he's just yeah. super jealous of Lewis Carroll. Yeah, he really yeah. resents Lewis he Carroll. He talks shit about Lewis Carroll in the film. For like a long time. It's another like, thing that's like established. He's like, tell me about that Joker Lewis Carroll when he's trying to like yell at, what, what, what's a gooby kid name? I gotta know. Uh, I don't even Will, remember. Willie, I think. Willie, yes. Willie. Willie. What's the director's name? Wilson Coney Bear. So I think this Wilson is, is Willie. Yeah, 100%. Ah, yeah, see, you think he's funneling his own experience. I think so. And, I think vibe. maybe he's a mentally ill person. He's both Willie <laughs> and the bear. Yeah. Mm. I actually have a whole... Well, we should get through the plot, and then I can tell you my, well, my theory on I'll Gooby. I'll say, but. too, Gooby is practical effects. It's a guy in a fucking suit. I did like which, that about it. Yeah, I got to give it credit for that. It's an ugly-looking character. It's awful-looking. And he sounds like Mike Myers doing the voice. Yeah, it's it's like... <laughs> no, Robbie Coltrane, I thought, did a good job, actually. I was yeah. actually... See, that's another one. But I they thought were trying that, to do Shrek. They were trying to yeah. make him like Shrek. But, but he's actually Scottish, <laughs> Robbie Coltrane. Yeah, but I, I just mean they're like the ugly, big old ogre character yeah. thing like it, it was very transparent it, and the voice sounded like mike myers could have done it yeah yep it sounded like that's what they were going for but he made an effort you know he didn't phone it in like he was but the problem was looking at that fucking thing yeah you can't look at that <laughs> fucking character for a whole movie terrible because his head like that was the thing the, the little toy version of gooby was a little disturbing but kind of okay yeah. it looked like ugly cute whereas this this man suit <laughs> well was it actually a bear because they keep calling him a monster 
Well, yeah, they called him a fluffy orange monster, and he's like clearly like a brown bear. Yeah, he's a brown teddy bear looking <laughs> guy, and they keep calling him an orange monster. You're right. Yeah, it's 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 a little bizarre. When he's small, he looks like a bear, but then when he gets big, he doesn't he really is, look like a bear anymore. Yeah, yeah, he has a really tiny head and huge feet. And the head, like his teeth are weird and his eyes are weird. It's just like so much of this the stuff are really relies on like the appeal of like the character. Like if he was an appealing looking character like the movie could have been so much fucking better you know? yeah like, it would have been acceptable takes. yeah but it's like weird with like all these like shitty like monster kids movies like uh like munchie and like a bunch of like those other ones that like like mac and me like so much so much <laughs> mac and me. so much rests on the fact that like the character is unappealing to look at so the movie's fucked it's yeah. like if the character isn't fun to look at the movie is just fucking done. There's nothing that can save it. Well, but was, that wasn't even the worst part about the movie. No. Oh, yeah, no. The Well, I was thinking, you know, in the, there's this 20, no, I want to say 50 minute long grocery scene. <laughs> yeah. They're in a grocery scene for, at a grocery store for a very long time in this film. With a terrible montage song that says, like, when I look in your eyes, I feel closer to heaven, which I also thought was very Donnie Darko. <laughs> oh, my God. The fucking songs in this movie, every single one was auto-tuned to shit. Did you notice that? So bad. It was like to the point where like you can hardly hardly even like listen to it. Like it's like so beyond like what's accepted as far as auto tune. It's rough. Oof. And then they run into uh, Gooby like sees what like a cardboard cutout of another bear selling yeah. candy, and he goes, "It looks like me," and he gets really excited. That bear was okay. Yeah, like, they should have used Gooby that, fucking, that bear. fucking bear. They should have yeah. made Gooby look like that. Yeah, that should have been goddamn Goobster. Uh, it is very anti-vegetable, this movie, I noticed. Like, there's a whole scene where they're talking shit on broccoli. Yeah, oh, yeah he yeah, hates broccoli. broccoli. Yeah, it's it. like, fuck you, guy. He eats it and he goes, what's this? Yeah, and they it's some other vegetables, too. Like, he's like, everything green is awful. And it's like, fuck you, asshole. This kid's gonna fucking die of diabetes. Oh, yeah. Like, fucking, he doesn't have a good dad. He doesn't have a good mom. At least fucking tell him that vegetables are okay. Right. You know? Gooby's not a good role model. No, not at all. And not really like a, a good friend, like not very understanding. Mm-mm. Like the kid starts getting like other friends because like they the, his friends think Gooby's cool because they think Gooby's his dad in a Halloween costume, which I kind of <laughs> liked. I thought that was kind of funny. That was a cool scene. We have to say, though, so like uh, part of why the kid sees Gooby is because he has no friends and they move to a new house. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, you know, he it, c- thinks that like creatures are coming to get him. And then he sort of uh, suddenly Gooby shows up and it's like sort of helpful, but also a little scary. And then eventually the kid kind of learns to make friends after like the magic and help of Gooby, like running through a grocery store. Like literally that's it. Like <laughs> n- he doesn't learn shit. It's just like Gooby is his friend. And then suddenly other people want to be his friend. Yeah. And then like, there's this whole other thing where they go on a separate journey and then uh, end up in an apartment that was his father's and then that was, yeah, well, a, weird, that's a, that's, that's a weird scene. That's fast forwarding to the end. All like right. that's, I was weird, but uh, there's a, there's a really shitty second act to this film where like nothing basically happens except for like, there's this part where uh, Gooby sneaks the kids into an R rated movie, right. which is like, I think that's a high point of the film. I think that that was like a really funny, strange uh, idea. I don't know how well it was executed, Poorly. But it was it was a good idea. That was another thing I thought they did terribly. It was like bad advice to children was like where they make that bully like they make him piss his pants because Gooby freaks the fuck out on him. Yeah, that's oh, like yeah. not good. Yeah. <laughs> and then the kids walk over and they're like, hey, that was pretty cool. Oh, hey, that's your dad. Oh, what you guys are going to go see that? That's for faggots. Peace. Yeah. But well, basically, You're like, dude, like basically the cool thing about this this movie is that he realizes that he can hide Gooby in plain sight on Halloween night. Yeah. Which also goes right back to Donnie Darko. I yeah. mean, the whole Halloween thing. But uh, yeah, he, so he hides Gooby in plain sight. Everyone thinks it's like his dad because it's like a tall guy that he's hanging out with. They go to an R-rated movie. Gooby's scared by like all the violence in the movie. Gooby's all traumatized. All the kids are fine. I like that part. That part was cool. And so, yeah, now he's cool with like the friends because like they're like, oh, your dad's cool. So you must be cool. Let's hang out. Uh, and yeah, Gooby gets all fucking jealous and right. shit. And it's like, fuck you, Goobster. You know, <laughs> let the kid have some friends. The whole reason you're here is because he needs like friends 
And now he's got friends and you should be like, yay, wow, the kid's got friends. Right. Gooby never has like, well, actually, you also have to include the fact that he has a a weird, almost creepy moment after the movie where he goes, you know what? I really enjoyed being your dad. That was kind of creepy. That was fucking frightening. I thought the movie was going to get like, like, that's where it turns and Gooby starts being like the antagonist, (laughs) you know, like Gooby fucking abducts him. And he's just fucking like tries taking to, him away. Tries to murder the father. Yeah. Make it look like an accident. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Gooby doesn't know where he is because he shows up to sort of be the savior and then he becomes the friend and then he decides he likes being the father. Yeah. But then he gets Gooby's pissed because he's not place. your friend anymore. It's mm. like way more confusing for this kid. It's it a was, really shitty friendship. It's like it's like watching the, that movie like Breathe. That uh, that French movie about like the two uh, teenage girls who like have like a really shitty friendship. Did you guys see that? I didn't no. see that. I was it was a pretty good movie. The ending sucks, but it's neither here nor there. But uh, yeah, it's it's like you're watching like a shitty manipulative friendship. Yeah, and you don't understand like where is where did Gooby sort of come from? This kid didn't like. Did he create him in his mind because he wanted a father figure or a friend? But then everyone can see him, so he have to think that maybe he came down from some sort of divine intervention. Well, the it, thing we learn later on is that Gooby essentially is like this traveling like spirit almost. You know, like right. Gooby, like he get the kid spoiler alert. Gooby goes off and hangs out with some other kid. And that's like the resolution of the film. Well, they see, but it's also fucked up because they see a little girl who's at like this lumber yard with her family. <laughs> yeah. As and, little girls are wont to do. And she looks really bored. At, yeah. As you know, you'd expect. And then the, yeah, the family's the holding a brand her. new baby. Yeah. At the lumber yard. Yeah. As yeah. So do. she's out. She's not, she's, you know, the, not the flavor of the week anymore. Yeah, nobody's paying attention to that kid anymore. So you almost think like maybe Gooby is sort of preys on jealousy. Gooby preys ah, on these yes. kids. So Gooby is a child predator. I think is he's that- a predator because you know the fact that this kid, you know, uh, Willie is like upset because neither of his parents, all of his parents, are like lawyers or something, or they do some sort of high powered. Actually, is I guess his father works in construction in the end, even though he like acts like a lawyer. He's like buy it, sell it, and he's like. Working down at the lumber yard too. With a hard hat on. Yeah. yeah. Or I guess he's an architect or something. But then like, you know, so he's sitting there pissed off and then they're like, we're living, the parents are like, we're living our dream and we're going to move into this dream house. Yeah, and, he goes, and the it's kid's not my upset. Dream. Yeah. Not my dream. And then Gooby shows up because he sees the jealousy. He sees the but rage. Yeah. I, I, it's really confusing though because it does seem like Gooby's purpose is to protect him from those aliens that he hallucinates. Yeah, and then they so fucking abandon that plot They abandon line. it immediately as soon as Gooby gets there. Until the and kid then, is okay without him, and then the, Gooby says, but what about the Hoonies? Gooby fucking brings that shit back up. Yeah, I know. He's like, fuck you with the Hoonies. I was over the Hoonies, and <laughs> yeah. now you gotta bring up the Hoonies now again, you yeah. yeah. <laughs> so then what happens when he goes off with this other kid? Do the aliens come back? Well, then you got the, the other plot line, which is like the weird thing with his father's like past, because which Gooby, was kind of amazing. Like actually. 20 minutes into the movie, Gooby's like hanging out in the attic and he sees like some picture of like the kid's dad and Gooby's like, oh, I know why I'm here. And then that's never like the kid doesn't ask why. And like that's never explained until like way far into the end of the movie. Like the whole climax is that like Gooby's like hanging out in this abandoned like apartment building that the kid's dad <laughs> used to like live in and the kid and the kid gets into danger there. And like the he falls through the floor. The dad and Gooby like have this like weird okay. conversation. The, all right. So the kids fall through the floor. The cops are out looking for the kid because now that Gooby abducted this child and now he's gone and his <laughs> yeah. parents have no idea where he is. So they call the cops. The cops are driving around. They hear a noise and then they go, hmm, never mind. Yeah. They don't care. The father gets a phone call, you know, which ends up being Gooby calling him. Spoiler. <laughs> this is the only time in the film where cell phones are used, which also added to the me feeling like it was a 90s film. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, the, that's a very good point. And up, then... Up to this scene, it could That's the only 90s. thing that yeah. dates it as fairly recent. Yeah. And and you almost get... I, when he said cell phone, I thought like a big... Like one of those big ones. <laughs> like a, maybe like a Nokia, if it you're lucky. It was sort of big, wasn't it? I don't... Do we ever see it? I th- maybe. I think so. I don't think it looked like a smartphone. 
Because that's the other best thing. Like right the mere before. fact that we're focusing so much on this just tells you how uninteresting <laughs> the rest of the movie is. But the fact that they're like, oh, I used Willie's cell phone to call you guys. And the parents, meanwhile, called the cops because they couldn't find their kid. Like, well, he had a GPS. <laughs> and how did he fall? I don't even remember how. We, I think I fell asleep. He opened yeah. the door. So, OK, there's this little he walks into this apartment building and he realizes it's the apartment his dad grew up in. And it looks kind and of why is this janky. even relevant? I feel like this no was never idea. explained. You kind of get the sense maybe the, the father grew up poor because now yeah. they're living in kind of a big mansion-y house. It's really not like well like described like what the fuck the backstory no was whatsoever like, between Gooby and the dad. Or like I, I thought it was going to be that Gooby was like the dad's childhood toy and like yeah, which helped death him isn't. cope. But then they don't go there yeah. with it. They don't go anywhere with he it. He doesn't know Gooby and it's like strange. All right, so the kid falls through the floor. The father run, rushes in because Gooby calls him and gets his, and he doesn't realize that Gooby's calling him. He thinks it's the cops. Then he's like rushing to help his kid, and then the cops bust in and they're like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah. <laughs> to the father, ready to arrest him and like shoot him, and he's like, "My child is literally dangling. Like, go downstairs and help him." And they don't do anything. They just go. They down. don't do shit. They go downstairs. They go downstairs, downstairs and, and, and they just stare at the kid, and the dad's like. All right, kid, let go and grab my arm, which no dad would ever say. No. Say, no. It's a total, it's like from Cliffhanger. Yeah, exactly. Oh, let you go. <laughs> and it wouldn't even work in that. Like, it, it, just the, the fucking dynamics of like the arm down. Like, there's no way that kid is grabbing that arm well enough for the yeah. guy that. No way. It's staged horribly. Plus, it's oh, right, really oh, right. Bad. So the kid even fell through the floor because he opens his closet door and all these bats come out. Oh, that's why he falls? And then the whole floor, he, he like jumps back and the floor falls through. Okay. I missed that part. I, I, was, I was dozing off. But this here's the thing. So the I don't fact blame you. That this I don't blame kid, you. The fact that this kid wasn't terrified of going into an empty, abandoned uh, apartment at night that is like clearly falling apart and full of bats. It's not as scary as the Hoonies. Exactly. Really fucked up. Yeah. Anyhow, the father saves him. And then the father ends up like, because the father gets nostalgic, realizes where the kid is. The father goes into that secret closet and then he walks in and then fucking Gooby jumps out. So why didn't Gooby help him? Gooby scared the fuck out of me. Oh, yeah? I would have screamed my ass off. I don't, I'm not like a screamer, you mm. know, like some girls like scream all the time. I don't, don't <laughs> scream. I would have screamed my fucking ass off if Gooby jumped out of me in the dark, in a closet, in an abandoned building. Yeah, man. That's uh, why terrifying. Did, why did the dad have a secret room? You know, he, made, he made drawings and for stuff. For his your drawings. Dad, your dad didn't have a secret room? I thought uh, all I thought all dads had secret rooms. <laughs> I never Wait really, a second. I never for really their had childhood, it. yeah. I never really had a dad. <laughs> you only you had a, Gooby. Yeah. <laughs> secret room is a coffin. You were raised by a series of Goobies that, it was just, that went out with your mom. It was just Goobies, yeah. <laughs> it was Gooby 1, Gooby 2. <laughs> just Goobies in and out of the house. <laughs> So many goobies. So many goobies. <laughs> so I kind of got the sense with this whole plot about the father was like the kid was was like thirsting for knowledge about his dad. He had no real relationship with him. He didn't know about his past even. He wanted to learn more about him and Gooby kind of like helps him to learn about his father. So Gooby draws and the father draws. That well, was the connection. I guess. Gooby points out yeah. to the father, hey, whenever your kid opens his mouth, stop rolling your eyes because you were a kid once. Yeah. And you used to have dreams and here you are shitting, literally like shitting on your kid every time. Well, he, they, took, they, he takes a dump on the child. Yeah. Dude, every time that kid says <laughs> actual, something. Actual shit falls out of his butt onto his kid. <laughs> he really they does. do. They do push that pretty hard about how when you start growing up, you forget about the things that you loved as a kid 100 yeah. percent. even with the kid himself because he's like man i don't care about gooby anymore this is when i was a baby and then he throws right. him in the corner and that was a week ago yeah yeah <laughs> and then and then they do the same thing with the father that the father used to care about stuff mm. so i don't I, but they do it terribly like if they even wanted to like bring that up but it, it was too obvious Everything was was said specifically. There was no. Uh, they didn't leave it to the kids to figure it out. They just the story just. Sucked. It was kind of like what they did in Gumby, where they just say the the message, like borrowing money is bad, yeah. and you're not even supposed to figure it out. They just right. did that in Gumby. But Gumby was the shit. Oh, that was a great movie. And Gumby Gumby was shit. Gumby was just shit. Gooby yeah. preys on children. Hey, remember when Gooby's like, I always thought that name sounded like B 
big fucking hunks of boogers. Oh, yeah. He yeah. gets real graphic about it. He's not just like, hey, I hate my name. Oh, there's a lot of booger talk, a lot of bodily function talk. But, like, here's the thing. Why is the movie in the middle of the movie saying, this is a terrible name for a character? <laughs> yeah. This is a terrible yeah. name for this ugly character <laughs> that is underdeveloped. Yeah, you're like, gee, and then, let's, oh, what are we going to name the movie? Oh, I know. Gooby. <laughs> Like, what the fuck? Yeah, it's like he encounters a better looking version of himself. Yeah. And he talks shit about his own name. And it's like, why don't we watch the better movie with the better looking character and a better name? Right. Yeah, what's that? What's that <laughs> character based on? Is there oh. a movie for that? Yeah, that, I want to see the fucking cereal bear character. You know what I would have wanted to see? The movie that the kids are watching. The R-rated movie. Yeah. yeah. That looked way better than Goofy. Well, the kids all liked it. I'm sure it's pretty damn good. Scared the shit out of Goobster. Yeah. So uh must have been pretty damn good. But yeah, what would what would you give uh, Gooby out of uh, five stars? Probably like a two. Two. It had good production value. It did. So it gets it gets two two stars for that. Yeah, you you love the practical. I love the practical effects. Yeah, I'm way into that. Even when they're bad, it's like at least they're there. You yeah, know? I'd rather see that than CGI. But the yeah. the aliens were CGI, right? I don't know. They were that I, was CGI. Yeah, maybe they were because it was so it was so quick. I think they didn't want to bother making them. Yeah, that's probably true. What would you give it out of out of five? This is like a one and a half or a one. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to give it any higher than it's, two. You know, I'm really thinking like Gordy was better. Gordy like, was way better. Gordy was actually fun, and I think the only difference between this and Gordy was that you, there was an actual pig, so it was cute. You're looking at you know, a Gordy, cute little pig. Well, we were trashing Gordy's story, but Gordy's story was way better than Gooby's story. Uh, <laughs> I, like, I'm trying to, like, if Gooby was just starring a pig or something, like, I don't know if, if the story would have maybe been lifted because it would have been like, okay, because you're like, or at least I'm looking at a cute pig. So I don't know. I'm yeah, on the fence because I feel like Gordy the... was like a, also like maybe a one and a half to two star movie. But now I'm thinking like, nah, Gooby's worse. Yeah. But if I had to watch between the two, I would always pick Gordy. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah it's I, just... I never want to see Gooby again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, that's a that's a one and done movie. I don't think I'll ever be revisiting Goobster. Mm -hmm. But you own it now. I do. I, I've owned it, on, owned it on DVD for a very long time because... We, I mean, we joked about Gooby real early on in the podcast. Yeah, like episode four or something. Yeah, and we were going to do like a Gooby giveaway. We hadn't even seen the movie. We were just obsessed <laughs> with the idea of a movie called Gooby and the, the ugly looking character on the cover. I like the name, but I... It's, it was better. The name is better than Gordy for some reason. Yeah. They should have named Gordy Gooby. And actually, Gooby should have been Gordy. And that would have worked because it's kind of like a creature. So gore... Yeah. He had claws. I don't know. Mm. Would have worked. Yeah. So I've had Gooby on DVD for way too long years. And uh, <laughs> God damn it. I just got to sell that thing now. Now you should give it away. I, Nobody's going to buy it. It's going to be like the ring. I'm going to give, it, like give it to somebody <laughs> and they're going to die in seven days. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> Fucking goobs. It could have been good. I, I, I really think the main problem was that the whole movie is just him hiding it. Yeah. It, so much of that goddamn movie is just hiding goddamn Gooby. Because he never gets to go anywhere. Yeah. He's just locked in a room. Gooby should have been traveling around, getting into wacky situations. It could have been like a... They could have done it more like a Farrelly Brothers film where they're like going somewhere. Yeah. Well, the kid kept saying like, and that's when it got really bad. And you're yeah. like, all right, like, let's, when is it yeah, going to get kid, bad? The and kid it, narrates the movie. It never gets bad. Like, it's always like, oh, and then he got out and then I got pissed. Like, the kid thought, just gets annoyed. Yeah. I thought when he got out the first time that he was going to go on some adventure by himself mm. and, and the kid was going to have to find him. But then he just comes back. Right. He just shows up <laughs> like a few hours later. Yeah. He's like, hey. Yeah, I went swinging no, in a tree, around. and Eugene Levy never does anything that like he, he they they sort of set him up to be the bad guy that like is gonna take because there's also the freaking scene where they sail this like space car uh, over traffic. Oh yeah, first right of all, they do like of the, the, the they teacher. totally do the Calvin and Hobbes thing of like riding something down a hill. Mixed and then with ET, e then the ET, e <laughs> yeah, and they go they go right from Calvin and Hobbes to ET. With him jump, them jumping in the cart like, with, over with traffic. Eugene Levy staring, and then they make this really. The kid explicitly says, "If someone had gotten a photo, and then they could get really famous." And we all know how much the teacher wants to be famous. Yeah. Teacher doesn't do shit. He just like kind of is like, maybe I should take a photo, but everyone can see everything. And he has this like old school fucking camera, considering the kid had a cell phone. Yeah, 
Like, there's no point where it's they're just like... A, yeah, it's just a bad story. And they should have worked harder on the story and it could have been much better. It's It feels like a very good example of, like, if you have a bad, like, premise and you follow it through, you can't really get back from it. Because I think that really it comes down to that problem of everyone can see Gooby, so we have to constantly hide him. Right, that yeah, was the, they just made a bad choice. That was terrible. Once, yeah, once they establish that, you can't come back from that. You can't make a good movie out of that because you run into so many problems just trying to make that work. They never do anything with Gooby because, yeah. because he'll get seen. It's but fucked. you know what, though? If you compare it to ALF, uh-huh. they have that same problem. But they do cool stuff with Alf. Yeah, because it, they're not trying to hide Alf necessarily. Like they, there's enough people to interact with Alf yeah. in the house that like uh, it's. When okay. the family's super cool with it, once he introduces Gooby too, they probably yeah. he and they take him to yeah. the store. They take him out in public. They should have introduced him to the family way earlier on. Way earlier. Yeah, because that part was actually not bad. When you the whole family's had, like, "Hey, Gooby," what's you could have had some drama between Gooby and the dad, like at the dinner table. Where, yeah. like, it's like, all right, here's another man in the house now. And it's like, you know, male ego, like, clashing. That would have been a good scene. Gooby yeah. trying to outdo the dad. Yeah, yeah. And maybe, like, the dad sleeping on the couch and Gooby's upstairs with the <laughs> yeah. mom. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Gooby cooking dinner. Gooby cooking that dinner. That could have been a funny scene. Yeah. Gooby, like, fixing the fence that, like, the dad didn't, like, fix. Like, yeah. it, you know, and the dad feels, like, emasculated. That would be a great <laughs> little movie. They could have done anything. They could have done anything, but you know what, what I would have liked to see Gooby playing the drums. I don't know why. Yeah. I think Gooby playing the he drums. He should have played drums. Yeah, he should have played drums in that movie. Yeah, he has says <laughs> like yeah, just annoying everyone. Yeah. You know, <laughs> they went the wrong way with it. Totally. All right, now let's not talk about it anymore. Let's <laughs> let's go to break. Uh, we'll be right back. And now, Smug Film presents Robot Reenactments. I love you, and not. Not in a friendly way, although I think we're great friends. And not in a misplaced affection, puppy dog way, although I'm sure that's what you'll call it. I love you. Very, very simple, very truly. You are the the epitome of everything I have ever looked for in another human being. And I know that you think of me as just a friend, and crossing that line is as is the furthest thing from an option you would ever consider. But I had to say it. I just... I can't take this anymore. I can't stand next to you without wanting to hold you. I can't I can't look into your eyes without feeling that that longing you only read about in trashy romance novels. I can't talk to you without wanting to express my love for everything you are. And I know this will probably queer our friendship, no pun intended, but I had to say it, cause I've never felt this way before, and I I don't care. I like who I am because of it. And if bringing this to light means we can't hang out anymore, then that hurts me. But God, I just, I couldn't allow another day to go by without just getting it out there, regardless of the outcome, which by the look on your face is to be the inevitable shoot-down. And, you know, I'll accept that. But I know, I know that some part of you is hesitating for a moment, and if there's a moment of hesitation, then that means you feel something too. And all I ask, Please, is that you just, you just not dismiss that, and try to dwell in it for just 10 seconds. Alyssa, there isn't another soul on this fucking planet who has ever made me half the person I am when I'm with you, and I would risk this friendship for the chance to take it to the next plateau. Because it is there between you and me. You can't deny that. Even if, you know, even if we never talk again after tonight, please know that I am forever changed because of who you are and what you've meant to me. Which, while I do appreciate it, I'd never need a painting of birds bought at a diner to remind me of. This has been a robot reenactment. Now, back to the show. Hello, Smug Film fans. Leave us a question or a comment for Smug Film to play on the show by calling the following voicemail number. 718-395-9711. Once again, that's 718. 718- Three nine five nine seven one one. We look forward to hearing from you, you lovely, lovely people. Welcome back to the Smug Film Podcast. As always, we are sponsored 
by Roomful of Spoons, which you still haven't seen yet, Anthony Kaffer. I have not. How can I see it? I'll, I'll, I'll pester Rick Harper. Maybe he'll send you a copy. That would be awesome. Yeah, because you like The Room, right? I love The Room. Room is great. Tommy Wiseau's masterpiece. Roomful of Spoons, the definitive documentary on The Room. You got interviews with all sorts of people. Uh, Juliet Danielle, like I think comes off real damn good in documentary who played, oh, yeah. uh, you know, his his future wife, as uh, mm. he calls her in the film. Lisa? Yes, sir. You're tearing me apart, she's, Lisa. She's fucking awesome in the documentary. She gets this really great arc where you see, like, how she sort of came around and, like, accepted, you know, the phenomenon of the room and, like, changed her opinion of it, etc. Mm. Like, she's she's cool as shit. Great people in the movie. Check it out, roomfullofspoons.com. It's touring now, so if it's in a city nearby you, just fucking go. Really, really good movie. Support Rick Harper. We love him. He supports the show on Patreon. And you can support the show on Patreon too. Donate to the show on Patreon every month a couple bucks and you get cool rewards. We love you guys. You guys uh, you guys help us out a lot, you know? Keep helping. Even if you send us a dollar a month, it really does help. And you get all sorts of bonus episodes. You get all sorts of cool stuff. If you donate $5, you get, you know, we'll plug you once a month. You get $10 or you plug every episode like we do with Rick Harper and like we do with Minor Key Games. Kyle just made a new game. Gunmetal Arcadia Zero is his new game. That sounds fun, right? That sounds super fun. Yeah. I want to play that shit. I, I love Kyle and David's games. Kyle and David Pittman, Minor Key Games. They made a bunch of like a kind of old school feeling, but you know, they're new games. And this new one, Gunmetal Arcadia Zero, the, uh, Zero, Gunmetal Arcadia Zero, looks awesome. It looks like fucking like Super Ghosts and Goblins kind of like looking thing. You remember that one? Which Super Ghosts and Goblins? No, you never played that. I don't think so. Super Nintendo. I didn't have Super Nintendo. What did you have? I had, I had uh, measles. <laughs> I had measles for a while. <laughs> I had regular Nintendo, and then I didn't have anything until Sega Genesis. Uh, well, that wasn't that long. That wasn't that long a gap. Well, as a kid, it felt like a long time. Uh. I wasn't cool for a little while. So you, n- you never had the Super Nintendo? I never. I played some of the games. I had some friends that had it. At least you had friends. I played like Yoshi, the Yoshi one. The Yoshi one? You know, with oh, the yeah, Mar- you, Mario and Yeah, Yoshi. the Mario and the Yoshi and all yeah, that. Yeah. I played that game a lot. The Mario and the Yoshi. Yeah. Yeah. I was just thinking about Yoshi. I was thinking about all the sound effects of Yoshi and how they'll never forget them. Yeah, they're they're ingrained in my mind too. And uh minorkeygames.com. Check out games by J Kyle Pittman and David Pittman. Really good stuff. And last but not least, Jay Brunner, who's just a he's just a person, you know. Just what a, a guy. Dude. He's just, just a, a dude being a dude. Just a guy being a guy being a guy. And uh Twitter at Bobby Slow. You can follow him. Maybe he'll follow you back. I don't know if you're seems nice like to him. A, seems like a nice enough dude. Nice enough dude. Uh, give us a Jay Brunner, uh, Jay Brunnerism, Jenna. Only true love's kiss can melt steel beams. Wow. There you go. That's a profound. It's a Jay. If you want more of those, you follow him and then you see stuff like that all damn day. Or you can go to Facebook and type in cows are the silent jury in the trial of mankind and press like. Yeah, that's his because, uh, page. What is that? It's it a, is a wonderful group in which cows are the silent jury in the trial of Is mankind. it a page or a group? What's the deal? It's a page. All right, it's just a page. So that's cool. So you just like that page and then he posts stuff about cows? He just posts the sentence, cows are the silent jury in the trial of mankind, once whenever he feels like it, a couple just, times a week. He just keeps posting that same thing? Just mm-hmm. that. And it'll get upwards of like a thousand likes. So weird. You know, that reminds me of, uh, have you ever seen the uh, the Tumblr page? Uh, it's I think it's called The Same picture of dave coulier every day yes that one is that's i great. like the the same photo of michael sarah every day is <laughs> my fave yeah oh, so yeah good. jay brunner please uh, follow him at bobby slow or check out his facebook pages and uh now i want to not talk about uh gooby ever <laughs> again i think we're done with goobster yeah we still you know next we're gonna watch either gorky park or we're gonna watch the two goofy movies because I discovered now there were two. There's two apparently. There's a goofy movie and an extremely goofy movie oh. is a sequel. So yeah, we'll probably do both of them in one app. Okay. Yeah. 
And uh, yeah, let's never talk about Gooby again. But no. please call in if you have another movie that starts with G and ends in Y. Yeah, it has to be that, though. You can't, no, don't give us like uh, Gummo or something. Like it has to really conform to the fact that we went Gordy, Gumby, Gooby, and then we're going to go Gorky and Goofy. You know, we got to, it's got to fit into that or else fuck it. You know, G Y G and then the end and with the Y or I E. Yeah. So what do you guys seen? Like you guys see anything good? You guys see any good movies? Good. I saw the uh, green room. Oh, you saw green room. Yeah. How was it? Uh, really good. Yeah. Violent as shit. You re- so it lives up to that, uh, that oh, yeah. promise. One of the most violent movies I've seen. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And and gory. You see it. You see and so you, you saw it in theaters. Yeah. And how did it go with like the audience? Was the audience real into it? Uh, yeah, I think the audience liked it. I saw it at uh, Nighthawk in, in Williamsburg. Ah, uh, yes. Where you can, uh, you can order some burgers and stuff while you... Uh, did you order some burgers and stuff? I had a burger and fries. How do you feel about the eating in the theater while watching a movie? I never did that before. I, I dig it. Yeah? Uh, for the first couple of minutes, it was a little weird because the, the waiters, you can like see them right. walking, walking around. Because we're getting a, a draft house in Brooklyn, apparently, yeah. in like the next year or two. And that's yeah. the big chain one. That's the one that yeah I've been hearing. They kind of started that whole thing. It's I think it's a cool idea. Yeah. How was the burger? The burger was pretty good. Better than the movie. Worse than the movie. Par with the movie. It, it was on par with the movie. I enjoyed. Uh, you know, I, I luckily I finished it before it got uh, too gory. That's right. what I was gonna say. Do you find that it easy to eat? And- I can. Rough. I could have eaten it either way, but. Uh, you know, if I can, if I have something to say about it, yeah, it's nice have, to finish. It's yeah. a preference. Yeah. yeah. Also, I, I wasn't looking at my food instead of looking at the at the gore. You know, so mm. by the time I had to see all the horrific violence, I could really focus on it. Nice. And I wasn't hungry. And you had fries and whatnot. I had fries. A little yeah. ketchup. Yeah, a little bit of ketchup. A little ketchup. Do they you do, do the. T- Popcorn with truffle oil on it. That's a oh, good. Oh really? That's fucking great. Oh, oh that damn, that's good. a little fancy. I should have done that. Now with the French fries uh-huh. question. Yeah. Do you put the ketchup on the French fries or no. do you dip? I dip. You're a dipper. I'm a dipper. You're a dipper. Dipper all the way. Jenna. I'll dip if I can help it. Well, let's assume you can help it. <laughs> dip. You dip. Yeah. What do I you don't, do? I don't like porn. I uh what what? <laughs> I don't like porn. No ketchup. I thought you said I don't like porn. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of, I, I dip my French fries because I don't like porn. <laughs> <laughs> and when you put the ketchup on, it's a little too bukkake for me. Yeah, yeah. You know. No, I I switch off. You do. You know? I don't know why. You don't I, mind getting the ketchup all over your fingers? Well, I, I don't know what it is, but it's, for some reason, I like doing the pouring on the ketchup on top of the French fries, and then I like the mystery like amount of ketchup that mm. I will, I'll get on each French fry because then it's always a mystery when you when you dip it's always very uniform. That's it's like, true. I know exactly the amount of ketchup I'm gonna get, get on each, but when you pour it on, it's like playing pickup sticks. You know, I see. It's like you never know if you're gonna pick up the stick and the thing's gonna move and you're gonna lose the game or whatever. Mm-hmm. I like the fact that sometimes I'll get a French fry with a couple like dollops of ketchup on it. I see. Sometimes I'll get a French fry with like nothing on it. Sometimes I'll get a ketchup with like uh, a, a French fry with smeared ketchup. Sometimes I'll get a French fry with just a perfect, you know, little bit on the end. You never know. Sometimes you put your finger directly into the ketchup. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes I get my hand all, all sticky and then I wipe it on my friend's face. <laughs> and that's why I have so many friends. Yeah, they love it. No, I've never done that. I've never wiped ketchup on a person's face. That sounds very uh, disrespectful. That would be like I would be like a fucking deal breaker. Yeah, never. I, I would never speak to that person. Yeah, again. that's like some <laughs> like that's like the kind of thing you would remember like happening on like a school bus in an elementary school and never forget. Yeah, like this kid once he was eating like these fucking ketchupy fries and he just went up to me, he just wiped his fucking oily ketchupy fingers on my face, and my face smelled like ketchup for the whole rest of the day. Yeah, that's. Even when I washed it off, it just lingered. Just knew that makes me angry. That's like a frightening thought. It just makes me. That's like a boiling anger comes out. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. That's horrible. Uh, But yeah, so you liked the green room? I liked it. Yeah. What'd you like about it? Is it very green? Um, Well, they're in a they're in a green room. What's the plot? So it's this. uh, There's a punk band that is on tour, and uh, they're doing a gig. They go to this gig, and it's canceled, uh, and they're really mad. Because they want the money and they want to play the gig. And this dude is like, all right, my cousin has this venue. It's like 
not that far from here. So uh, you guys can do the, his show. And then they go there, and it's like a, um, they're like Nazis. It's like white supremacists. Mm. So they, they're not happy about that, but they, wanna, they want the money, so they do the gig anyway. So they, uh, you know the Dead Kennedys? Yeah. I do. Not, not personally. Yeah. So, so they open their set with uh, the Dead Kennedys song, uh, Nazi Punks Fuck Off. Mm. And the, the white supremacists are not happy about this. So they start throwing stuff at them, and, and they're pretty upset. And then they just go into their regular set, and they kind of win the crowd over. Right on. And then, and uh, then that's the end of the movie. That's the end of the movie. <laughs> it's beautiful. <laughs> so after the, after the show, oh, before they play, one of the band members plugs in their cell phone to charge it. So after the gig, they're about to leave, but then they're like, oh, wait, let me grab the phone. And they go in to grab the phone, and uh, some girl was stabbed in the head. Mm. Murdered. And they see this, and once they see it, so the dude grabs the phone, and he tries to call 911, and then they just push them all into the green room, Mm. and they're like, nobody's going anywhere until we figure this out. And so that's kind of... That's where it, where the rest of the movie goes. There's yeah. where the first act ends and the second and third, yeah, yeah. you know, continue. So it's basically that. But what and I like, gets, it gets super gory. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. It's I I didn't know anything about the movie going in. Just my friend was like, "Hey, you should see Green Room. I think you'd like it." And so I I, I didn't see a trailer. I didn't read a, any kind of write up. Mm. So I was totally surprised by where it went. But I think most people going into it know something about it. So they kind of right. Uh, but not knowing anything was was pretty awesome. I'm glad I didn't know because mm. I just kind of thought it was gonna be more about them on their tour. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah, like I'm in it. Yeah, I was like, this is cool. Yeah, it's a nice little slice of life about a band on tour. <laughs> the ups and have, the downs. Yeah, I thought they'd have like more uh, common touring problems. Yeah, I you're was the you're expecting was. like a Blues Brothers kind of romp <laughs> from like gig to gig. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't realize they were not going to go to the next gig. Yeah, and then things went south pretty fast. <laughs> pretty fast. So yeah, you know, that's an endorsement of Green Room. It was good. What I, what I really liked was that they nailed the all the punk rock stuff. Mm. Sometimes you watch a movie like that and you can tell that whoever wrote it doesn't really know. They don't really connect with the right. uh, the whole thing, but they knew their shit. Whoever wrote it, I don't remember if it was the same same person who directed it. But mm. Whoever wrote but yeah, it really knew. They nailed it. That's great. That's good to hear. Yeah. I like to hear that. Jenny, you seen anything lately? Speaking of Third Reich and Roll, <laughs> I saw The Residence. You had that You had that queued up. You were ready to go with that one. Second you said Nazi, I was there. Yeah. The, I, I saw The Residence in concert uh, like a couple weeks ago. And before the concert, this was the longest concert in my life, but before... <laughs> The, before the concert, they played the um, the documentary that came out, I think, last year mm. uh, called Theory of Ob- Obscurity Which uh, about the residents. Yeah. Awesome documentary. But, yeah, I mean, it's of, like an hour and people, a half. A lot of people love the residents. Like a lot of like yeah. Matt Groening, Penn Jillette, and a whole bunch of like... Right, both of which are in the documentary. Yeah. There was like a, it was a really nicely done documentary, actually. There's like a really high caliber of, of like people that are not only like recognizable but have really interesting things to say about the residents mm. and i felt like it was a very good um uh sort of introduction to them do you know about them no they're basically like this uh art rock band that's been around for decades and they're sort of most well known for being a giant like wearing a giant eyeball with oh. a top hat yeah you've probably oh, seen I, them and yeah. they did a cover of uh i can't get no satisfaction they've done a lot of like They've put out tons of like albums and music. I don't know about that, but probably. Yeah, that, I, somebody was just telling me about them the other day, and they played me the, their cover of mm. of that song, and uh, yeah, and then I forgot about them. But yeah, they, they're they're super weird. Yeah, band. they're totally weird, and you know what? Like it's avant garde. They're really more about I think art. And what was it? So what was really interesting about the, the documentary? It was actually like I think it would, I would totally recommend it for anyone who is either interested in the residents or doesn't know them. Because it was really more of like a good introduction slash love letter than what I think maybe people that weren't happy with it uh, were probably looking for the answer to the question. Like the who question the fuck being, are these people? Exactly. No one really knows who the residents are. And they've been around for so long and they've done so many different things. And so what I kind of gleaned from this movie is that they're kind of like Menudo. Yeah. <laughs> that it's really like more of an art collective that, that sort a of keeps going. Or something. Yeah. yeah. 
It yeah, could be anybody, right? Because anybody under those goddamn yeah. eyeballs, yeah. right? They, like and Guar. They, <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, and they and they inter they um so they show people that they interview and they say like this is so and so who was the president of uh you know oh no what's it called and it, they had like a corporation that they ended up making mm. and then they're like here's we're interviewing the president and like none of them want to admit that they were in the band and they all claim they they weren't they'll say like the residents as opposed to like me. And the only reason, like, the one guy was the president is because his name is John Kennedy. <laughs> They're uh, like, you're going to be the president. So it was funny. sort of, like, kind of bullshit. But I, I kind of got the sense, and they never explicitly say this, but I got the sense that everyone who was part of that corporation was the band. Yeah, that makes sense. And then Probably. they sort of show that these people eventually retire, but the band continues, and they sort of claim, like, uh, essentially they never make any money. And that's and it you sort of feel for them because they, you know, become really popular they become really well known for these eyeballs, which actually they never actually really used in real life. It was just sort of for music videos. Yeah. And oh, so someone makes the point. Concerts? No, not really. And then someone makes a point of like, well, they really got famous for essentially just to sell a T-shirt. You know, like this is one image yeah, of them. Yeah, I've seen that is, image fucking everywhere. It's more famous than like their music and everything else that they've done. Yeah. So it was like that was a little sort it's of a sad. social commentary. Yeah. yeah. That's, I mean, that sounds real interesting. I got to check yeah, out that documentary. That I keep forgetting cool. to. I have see to say, it. too, the residents, I think that they can be a little hard to stomach sometimes. They have, there's a lot, and there's a lot of like. Well, just it's so varied. So varied and so inconsistent. And honestly, when I saw them recently, the, the concert that came after the documentary, it was. It had really interesting moments, but it was a bit of a letdown because it just it, the energy wasn't there, and you know I I don't know, but it, but then you look at previous things and you're like, holy shit, this was so great. Mm. But the documentary is really good because it sort of shows you these snippets, and I think that the residents are actually much more enjoyable in those sort of handpicked snippets, right? Yeah, than when you're trying to sense. go through and even watch the entire video, it can be like the the. I would, if you want to even get like a, a, a sort of glimpse of what the residents are like, if you look up, uh, they have made all these music videos forever and they used to do like a, like, you know, CD ROMs and stuff <laughs> like when that, back when they were called CD ROMs yeah. that were sort of interactive and very like art and very cutting edge. I miss those. Oh God. Oh yeah. yeah. The, um, those are fun. And yeah. so if you look up like man's world is a good residence uh, video uh, that sort of will show you, it has these sort of very pixelated graphics, but then like. They, they um, you know, have the eyeballs in it and they're sort of dancing and they're walking backwards and it's really interesting. Or uh, Here I Come Constantinople is also like one of their sort of first songs where it's like just a guy banging a drum saying, here I come, Constantinople, here I come, Constantinople. Well, that seems like an influence on They Might Be Giants almost. Yeah. They're an influence, I think, on like everyone because yeah. they're, they're really great, but they're one of those bands where like they're super influential and interesting, but in snippets. Yeah, well, because it's, it's hard to look at everything. It's so much quantity that like the quality kind of gets like lost. You really got to dig for it. And they're really not musicians. And they sort of say that, too. They're yeah. like they're really more of like about performance art. And that's great. It's just that it's hard. It can be hard to listen to. Right. <laughs> but I would I love the documentary. I thought it was really well done. So I would I would totally uh, recommend everyone check that out. It's yeah. It's really fun. Right on. So yeah, I, I saw some recently that I thought I was going to hate. I ended up really, really liking it. I think you'd like it too, Anthony Kaffer. I think it's up your alley. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen it. It's called Frownland. No. I have you heard of it, seen it? Mm-mm. Nothing? Mm-mm. Uh, Jenna, no. Frownland, heard of it, seen it? Nothing? Nothing. Nobody's seen this goddamn movie, uh, except for me, <laughs> I, uh, I assume. Uh, it's written and directed by this guy, Ron Bronstein, who was the lead in this movie Daddy Long Legs that the Safdie brothers did a couple uh, years back? Mm-hmm. He's the he's the dad in that movie. Did you ever see that one? I haven't seen it. I you know I don't it's think a, I've seen really any good. of the Miranda July. I didn't say Miranda July. Is, that's not her movie. No, I said Safdie brothers. Well, I Miranda July has nothing to do with this. But uh, yeah, Safdie brothers. He he was the lead in that. He won. I think he won an Independent Spirit Award for that performance. He was really good in that. He played like this kind of like dad who's all over the place and uh this was his uh, you know writer director kind of debut feature that he did in like 2007 apparently and it's real interesting because it's a very new york city movie and it's made me so fucking nostalgic for like this weird like like there there was like a hipster thing going on for like 2001 to like maybe 2005 six seven like there was a very distinct new york like hipster vibe that mm-hmm. just really isn't there anymore. Well, 
because there's no more artists. Yeah, there was a, it was like a patch of time or something where everyone had a handlebar mustache and a top hat and a unicycle. <laughs> that's that's now. Yeah, that's now. Well, that's what people say now. But when was the last time you saw a guy on a unicycle in Brooklyn? That's a good point. It's a very valid point. But uh, there was a certain distinctive, like sweaty hipstery vibe to like 2006, 2007 yeah. that's really depicted in this film really well. Uh, and it's also, it's, ba it's basically about like this very, um, socially awkward, probably has like mental problems guy living in this like really small apartment where he's like sleeping in like the kitchen mm. and it's just like him like fumbling through life. And it really feels like a live action version of like an underground comic that you'd like find like oh. randomly and like flip through and be like, oh, this is real good. Like American Splendor or something? Yeah, but like uh, more weird and more, uh, you know, idiosyncratic than that. Like it's... You gotta see this. I think it's really, really up your alley. And uh, yeah, it just like his mannerisms are very cartoonish and all the characters are very cartoonish yet still very believable, which is like a really hard line to uh, ride. But I think the movie rides it really well. And it's like not much essentially happens in the film and it's like an hour and 40 minutes, maybe a little longer, but it fucking flew by. Like I, I, I saw the runtime and I saw like the cover of the, the DVD, which is all like, it's these weird drawings that don't really reflect the actual film. Like they don't come into play in the film mm. whatsoever. It's very, it's always strange to me when like the, the packaging of a movie is like totally arbitrary, Yeah, you know, where it's like, it has nothing to do with the movie whatsoever. It gives you no sense of it. It's like, why is it even there? Because there's a lot of distinct vibe to this movie that I wish was just shown in the in the art and was played up, but yeah, it's uh, it's really it's really really well done. It's not perfect. It's not great. It's very damn good, and it's I've been thinking about it since I saw it, and it stays in your memory, and it it really capture captures just a a time and a place in New York City, um, that it just feels kind of gone. It's like whoever these people are that are in the film. Either they moved away or they're dead or they're, <laughs> or they're doing something else or they cleaned their life up or something. That's like just this perfect little like time capsule. Hmm. A lot of what you, how you described it kind of reminds me of uh, the comedy. Yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah. But this is like way more idiosyncratic than the comedy. Like uh, more, more cartoonish and stuff. Yeah. But also like just like it's characters that you don't ever see represented mm -hmm. on film. Not to say that that's not the case with the comedy too, because that that is kind of a big case with that. But even more, like like these are the characters that don't even have anybody to hang out with whatsoever. <laughs> um, yeah, so definitely check out Frownland, listeners Frownland. at home, and and Capfer and Ipcar, and okay. uh, yeah. Anything? Any final thoughts for the audience before we skedaddle? You guys looking forward to Gorky Park and uh, Goofy? Oh, uh, yeah. Movies. I mean, God damn it, right? I almost feel like we should do the goofy movies to like continue with like the upbeatness and then end on, end on Gorky. <laughs> yeah, but what if Gorky's like a real downer? Because apparently it's like a drama. It's like some Russian park or something. Mm. It's like some sort of espionage thing. I mean, that might be weird. I kind of like, or should we go for the downer and then end on the high note of. I mean, I don't really, movies. I don't particularly feel like watching Gorky Park anytime soon. So we should probably, <laughs> we should probably do the goofy movies first. I think that's, yeah, probably what we have, we have to do. Uh, yeah. I mean, I like, I have fond memories of that goofy movie. I loved it when it came yeah, out. Yeah. That first one. That's mm -hmm. real good. 1995. Strong memories, but I don't remember loving it, but I don't remember hating it. So I remember liking it a lot and never seeing it again. That's what happened to me. Yeah, I, I really liked it. Yeah. Never saw it ever again. I think I I think it was one of the I saw it probably on HBO or something. Yeah, I think I taped it on a on a VHS. Look at you and then working I, the remote. <laughs> and then I never watched it again. Yeah, but I had it. I just didn't care. I guess. Yeah, it was. It's good, but maybe you know it's not like rewatchable. But, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Wasn't Goof Troop? Still on TV? Yes. So I probably that's why I didn't need and to see it. And fucking Goof Troop for SNES. That was a great game. Did you play that? No. Oh, that was fun. That was a good that was one of those good like uh taking a property and making a game out of it games. Like how like DuckTales for NES is like absurdly good and it makes no sense why it would be that good. Uh <laughs> Goof Troop for SNES is mad good. I love that. I'm just shocked at how quickly we've gone through three of these movies already. Oh yeah. And the fact that we're, uh, you know, 
we're still alive. This we're, is like our, <laughs> our light summer reading that we've, we're doing in the spring. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. A little light gooby. A little light, light gooby. Oh, isn't it great that right when I hit stop on this recorder, we never have to talk about gooby ever again. <laughs> we never have to think about it. We never have to. It, we're just free of it. Mm-hmm. All I, my finger is hovering over the stop button. <laughs> and once I hit it, I never have to think about gooby ever again. I like and, picture and him will. like Diablo, like when you stab Diablo and it's like screeches and like the spirit like just lifts. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm In the game Diablo, you if, mean. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. If you say Gooby five times, he appears. Do, oh, please God. do not do that. <laughs> please don't you dare. Don't you inflict that putting, on me. Putting ketchup fingers and yep. summoning Gooby are two oh, unforgivable Jesus things. Christ. <laughs> unforgivable offenses. Thank you all for listening. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye.